Barua from Penez, which means to think. A show about authors, creators, and influencers who share narratives about their culture and identity. Welcome to the show. Publisher, writer, and illustrator of Big Head Productions, a company formed specifically to publish comics. Am I that, right? Yep, that's it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. There are a lot of questions to ask you. All right. Um, you know, there's just so much to wonder about in the world of a comic author. Mm-hmm. It's to my understanding that breaking into the uh, comic industry is quite the challenge. So, where did you get the courage to not only write your own comics, but also illustrate and publish them yourself? Oh, well, <clears throat> excuse me, that is... Uh, a heavy question? Yeah, yeah. and, uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if a long story, but uh, wanting to do comic books is something I've wanted to do since I was a kid. I mean, just telling stories and just having that impact on other people. But, you know, like, I'm sure with majority of people, you know, you you have the dreams as a kid, but the life just takes you on a different direction. Mm -hmm. So I I fell into marketing and advertising, but just the path that career took, I became very, very unhappy, like borderline depression. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but, you know, but, you know, the desire to make comic books never, never faded. And, like you said, you know, breaking into the industry is an incredibly hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. But going to conventions, you know, just and attending panels from publishers about how to break into the industry, um, one takeaway I always came away with: you don't need anyone's permission to make comics, because there's just, just in our technology age, I mean, there's just so many avenues, you know, online, mm-hmm. what have you. Uh, go to kinkos and get zines made up and just pass them out yeah so but in addition to that you know just thinking about where I was from a career standpoint um I remember two business articles that I read one talked about a uh, high level executive you know just if you can imagine a solid career she had it but mm-hmm. she wasn't happy so the whole the whole idea of this article was like how you know you're ready to, to leave your job. And the test was basically write your resignation letter. And depending on how you feel after you've written it, that's how you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wrote it. I felt a huge weight off my shoulders. Wow. And um, so I sent it. Mm-hmm. But, but before that, another article I had uh, read was talking about how do you know, I mean, how to be ready to be a full-time artist. Mm-hmm. And although I wasn't doing a lot of contract work for artwork at the time, I, I do do a lot of freelance. And, uh, but so there was a lot of crossover. So, you know, this, this guy t- started talking about, you know, make sure you have a cash reserve for several months of cost of living. So I'm like, all right, check. Make sure you're working on jobs, check. Jobs are coming in, check. And then, you know, invoices are out and, so I, I took that knowledge and looked at my financial situation. And I'm like, okay. You can do it. And then knowing I was not happy where I was at with my job, I was like, okay. 
Uh, at the time, 38 single, I'm like, if I'm going to chase the dream, that's the time to do yeah, it. Yeah, no, definitely. I, that's probably my number one motivator is just finding something that makes me happy. Yeah. So I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, because like I remember uh, I was having lunch with a friend of mine, uh, whom I hadn't seen in forever, but he's like, so, you know, how's it going? How's it going? I'm like, well, I'm constantly stressed. It is an incredible struggle, but I'm happy. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's the big picture here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what can you say is different about Big Head Productions? You know, what should people expect? Uh, as opposed to the rest of the industry? Or... In, yes. in rubber. Okay. Well, um, I, I would I would offer that Big Head Productions definitely falls into a small press, independent publisher silo, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of players in that in that space, uh, they heavily resort to like gimmicks mm-hmm. for for their books. Unfortunately, revolves around a lot of TNA, and that often, more often than not, comes at the sacrifice of the story. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying and books down the line coming from Big Head Productions won't have some kind of hook or gimmick, but that it'll be in a reverse to service the story. Mm-hmm. And um, But I definitely want to put stories first. I mean, I, that, I know that might sound cliche, but just looking at like that small press space, yeah. you know, it's just, I definitely think creating stories first is definitely in the minority because... And I'm not faulting other players in, right, in the right. market because you know I mean whatever their motivations or goals are, mm-hmm. that's the it's path. just your work ethic. Yeah, basically. and so I'm because like and the first book out of Big Head Productions I think is a great example, uh, Lost in the Middle, and it was inspired by a moment of racism in my own life, but that's the only similarity from there. From there, just the the response the protagonist has to that situation starts going on a journey of self-discovery and healing. Mm-hmm. So it just, granted, not a maybe, not necessarily a mass market appeal, if you will. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I was, I was very driven to just tell mm-hmm. So are they stories. kind of stories about yourself? Well, you know, there, there's always that old adage, write what you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think anything that, that I produce from from my own ideas to some degree or another is going to be pulled from whatever experiences I have to see if I could spin it into a to an engaging story. Mm-hmm. But my my hope definitely is that uh, Big Head Productions will grow to a place to where right now it's it's been a channel to get my own work into the marketplace. But just given the difficulty to break in, my my hope is that this will grow to where I can give other aspiring creatives and creators a channel to get their work out there and hopefully make an income doing it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Do you mind um, expanding on that racism experience that you had? Um, as as far as that that uh, moment. How of... would I better word that? Oh, you know, I I, I think that's that's perfect. Um, just uh, how the whole, that, that moment I spoke of basically was at the last job that I was terribly unhappy at and mm-hmm. quit. But uh, the executive who had hired me, very much a sort of ukes car salesman, good old boy mentality. And uh, I just remember one time in the office, um, 
uh, I don't know where I was walking to in the space, but from behind me, I hear him go, hey, Ben! I turn around, mm. there he is, and it's just like, out of the blue, he has this shit-eating grin on his face, and he's like, so, uh, parents have ruined the dry cleaners? Oh, my gosh. And, in, in and of itself, not a, I don't want to trivialize yeah. racism, right. if you will, but, I mean, typically not a huge egregious mm-hmm. offense, mm-hmm. but still, I mean, I was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But you, you, you see this guy's, the expression this guy had, and you know, he was just ignorant. Yeah. For lack of a better way to put it, so I Just shined a it too on. Comfortable yeah. Maybe, yeah. So, but um, but in the uh, in the comic book, uh, the protagonist takes a very more uh, violent approach. Oh wow! So, but then he gets landed into court appointed therapy, mm-hmm. and then that's where the self discovery and healing begins to happen. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, because I noticed when I was kind of doing like my stalkerish research <laughs> on you, I noticed how you focus a lot on more like human stories. Yeah, and you know, I thought I noticed that that was kind of like your work work ethic, and that was something to be um, appreciated for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. So this is this may be a common question, but what inspired your very first story? You know, like at which point were you just like, this would be a really freaking cool comic book, <laughs> like. Is there a specific thing that inspired you, or it, it inspired me in, in in what regard? In like, well, how you created your first book, I guess. Oh, you, you like even like way back when, just yeah, just um, gave you that spark. Well, there is uh, there is one idea in uh, in the I don't know in the idea box, if you will. And uh, it was in college, and uh, I was just lying in bed with, a, with my sketchbook, just noodling ideas. But for some reason, I, I started thinking about this comic book as a kid. Uh, this, it was written by Mark Wade and uh, drawn by Stuart, I'm going to butcher his last name, Inaman. Mm-hmm. Um, if any, any of your listeners are comic book fans, hopefully those, those uh, names will resonate. <laughs> But uh, the book was called Shock Rocket, okay. and it, it, it focused on um, a Hispanic uh, protagonist, you know, just sort of a coming-of-age story and sort of like a Thunderbird super team of, like, superhero jet fighters, and uh, how this, this guy just comes up and falls into this world and becomes a hero. And great art, great story, loved it. But for some reason, as I was just drawing random things in my bed this night, all of a sudden I was like, where are my Asian superheroes at? <laughs> I mean, not to get too militant about it, but so I just was like, well, what kind of narrative can I make mm-hmm. to, for just sort of in a, in a similar path of you have this everyday person be thrown into this extraordinary circumstances. Yeah. So I, I all this doodling became a, a comic book that I called Alan Lee Saves the World. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was just sort of a non-sequitous, offbeat, science fiction, comedy mm-hmm. kind of thing. But uh, I, I 
really wanted to create an Asian hero. Yeah. So, um, like, way back in the day, maybe like 2003, 2004, I wrote it, drew it, and then very much to, you know, conventions talking about you don't need anyone's permission to make comic books. I yeah. sort of bogarted the company Xerox machine that I was working at, and I was just like, I'm going to publish some zines. And, um, but I, I do want to go back to it and just sort of look at what I wrote and maybe retool it and actually put out a, a quality product. Yeah. What, what was his superhero or superpower? Um, well, um, an alien was sort of escaping persecution <laughs> from his home planet, <laughs> crashes on Earth, and this was right after Alan gets bullied at school. Okay. So There's he, always a bully. Right? You gotta, you, I mean, you know, it's the sort of coming of age. You gotta, you yeah. gotta have that antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, Alan's all, like, frustrated, downtrodden, beaten down. Then all of a sudden, the alien crash lands, and just the way uh, the alien escaped persecution is just more of a, became just a spiritual energy embodiment, mm-hmm. and he infused himself with Alan. Okay. So, um, now, as far as the science of it, it doesn't make any sense. Because, <laughs> you, you know, because, like, uh, from, to answer your question from a superpower standpoint, basically, uh, this alien to whom I call Bob, Perfect. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I, I think there's a line in the comic books, like, what's your name? And the alien is like, Babaluska Control. It's like, can I just call you Bob? <laughs> but, uh, you know, just as as Bob is inside Alan, you know, he can just manipulate everything. Mm-hmm. So be it, you know, typical tropes of super strength, things of that mm-hmm. nature, but then also manipulate things around right. Alan in the environment. Yeah. So. That's really cool. It's a neat story. Thank you. <laughs> um, how has your cultural background affected or influenced any of your work, if it has? Have you had to overcome any kind of stereotypes at all as an author? or? Um, not, not that I'm aware of. Um, Stereotypes in life, definitely, but uh, right. as as I pursue this career to, to tell stories, I, I not that I've recognized, mm-hmm. um, as far as impacted, like, the work that I want to do, mm-hmm. un- unfortunately, I'm, being a, a, a first-generation Korean-American for my family, uh, I am not as familiar with my heritage mm-hmm. as... I would like, because right. um, like I even remember one time back in college, I was crushing on a Japanese girl, beautiful woman, and I, I remember telling my brother about it, but that Christmas we flew out to, to see family in California, mm-hmm. and my brother just threw it out there, Ben's in love with a Japanese girl, <laughs> and I'm being Korean, unbeknownst to me at the time, I had no idea about Japan's invasion of Korea, the yeah. occupation. All the grown-ups were like, what? I'm like, what? What? She's beautiful. Yeah. And so I got a crash course in mm-hmm. in history. Um, the, you know, the whole, don't you know what they did to our people? I'm like, oh, clearly not. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just going off of how little I know of uh, my heritage and just sort of that historical background, I do want to be more informed 
and hopefully have that inform the work that I do. Because mm -hmm. uh, one thing I've been noodling with right now was how can I learn more mm -hmm. about uh, my culture? And then, I don't know if Korean specifically, but maybe I, I'd hate to blanket Asians at a, as a whole, but I, I, I want to say there's sort of an inclination to to just be fascinated by the aesthetics of things mm -hmm. and but then maybe not look at the context of it. Yeah. So uh, taking that in mind, I'm just historical dress, be it Korean, Japanese, Chinese, just mm -hmm. that formal historical dress I, I am completely enamored with. Mm -hmm. So I, I recently started looking at what can I do with that aesthetic and going through that process I came across um, uh, I guess a Korean folklore of a, of a nine-tailed fox oh. and, and just how this creature is a very villainous spirit oh, wow. so I'm, I'm wondering how can I shape this into uh, a story yeah yeah, yeah. so i it's very much in the early yeah. early stages yeah. but uh so I guess to answer your question is my my cultural background hasn't necessarily influenced my work, but I'm hoping my work can help influence me in, as far as my cultural background. Right. I, I don't know if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. And it's all in your comics, you know, you're talking, the stories are all about an Asian person um, sharing a message, you know, whether... It doesn't have to be that your culture influenced it, but the point is you're allowing a different story. A new hero or a new, yeah. a new you know, main character that's not the norm, basically. Oh, no, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, because, yeah. like, I think just until recently in, in the comic marketplace, you see more more racial and gender diversity. Definitely. And, uh, and, it's, a and it's surprising because, like... Uh, not too long ago, um, I, whatever degree of executive for Marvel Comics, I guess Marvel was experiencing a slump in sales. Mm. And this executive was all like, it's because of where you were having female characters and too much oh, racial yes. diversity. And I'm like, part of my language, but I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, because you look at how they're treating the characters, it's just like, why don't you work on the story? I mean, people want diversity not just to your yeah. point you know that's that same trope of a superhero stereotype you know it's that was the word i was looking for <laughs> so i mean and it's it's definitely i i would argue just recently to so you see more of that gender and racial diversity in comic books mm -hmm. so i i just hope i i can add to that yeah definitely and um so do you mostly, you don't do a lot of superhero comics, do you? Are they mostly, mostly like uh, human stories? Yeah, I mean, I like, uh, great, um, Lost in the Middle is the first title out the gate, mm -hmm. as I said. Um, and I do have uh, a litany of other titles planned. But I, I, I would definitely say um, not a lot of them are like superhero yeah. based. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if anything, if there's a fantastical element to it, it's just going to be more science fiction fantasy. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. For the like the human stories, mm -hmm. what does that consist of? 
when you're talking about human stories, like what different, um, what are the different subjects that these comics talk about? Like, like are they just different like experiences in life? And then... yeah, I, I, I would I would say so. I mean, like awesome. regardless of whatever world I drop the protagonist in, yeah, I I I definitely I don't I don't know about anything specific per mm-hmm. se, but I I would definitely say the, the I mean, granted. Like all those other titles that I mentioned, you know, just they're just ideas percolating. There's no physical scripts yet, but I I would say the desire is, regardless of the world, the the protagonist will will have a challenge, a, per, a personal challenge to them to overcome as they're experiencing whatever. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will be the driving force to to create an engaging narrative. Yeah, and I think that'd be perfect for. For readers, you know, they can relate to it because it's, it's, it can be like a real life experience. Mm-hmm. And then there's also this, you know, it's a comic twist. Or like, yeah. It'll, it'll be funny and it'll yeah. be enjoyable. So I think that that'll really resonate with a lot of people. Thank you. I hope so. I'm quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of big head productions, mm-hmm. um, so what's the, what's the, What's the goal? Like, what are the future? Like, what kind of future growth are you looking into? Or, you know, um, aspiring. Right, right now uh, is focused. I mean, not to be self indulgent, but you know, focusing on myself to create, to have enough growth to where I can stop freelancing graphic design and just concentrate a hundred percent on creating stories. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like money and the bill's got to get paid, of so. Course, of course, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I would love to see the growth happen to where I can transition fully to, to making stories and art full-time. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I'd, I'd love Big Head Productions to grow, as I mentioned earlier, to where I can give other people, other aspiring creators, a channel to get their work out there. Right. Um, then beyond that, I would love enough growth to happen coming from a marketing and advertising background. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my close friends also share that that career history. Right. We all share the same frustrations from agency life and how... You're worrying me now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but uh, we can talk after it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean... And maybe not even limited to agency life, but just corporate life as a whole. You know, you, you'd see a lot of common practices where it's like, why are you doing that? It makes so much more sense to go the other way. Like, for instance, you know, and to I, it's hard to fault um, executives for this mindset, but, you know, they're focused on the customer and the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And often that comes... Um, that weight drops onto the support staff. Right. So, but I think if you focused on your people, that'll take care of your customers and your bottom line. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're just dropping all of this stress and all of these fires onto your support staff, that's just going to create a lot of discontent. Right. I mean, definitely find a balance, but make your people a priority. Mm-hmm. So... Going back to your question where I see Big Head Productions down the line, I'd, I'd love it if 
this this idea grows to to the point where I can bring in all, not just friends but all talented people in our city to have that environment for work and career that focuses on them mm-hmm. and just create fantastic things and God willing that'll that'll sort the bottom line. Yeah. Um so, which said you're learning a lot, like you're still learning a lot about yourself through the writing. Mm-hmm. And oh, definitely. It's a personality discovery kind of journey. Yeah, yeah, because like, uh, like with, uh, with Lost in the Middle, I'm writing the third and final issue now, and I'm not entirely sure how to end it, mm-hmm. you know, and just knowing that sparked uh, a moment from my own life, like this whole story, it's just like, if this was me, how how do I see what kind of resolution would I want to see happen? And just having that dialogue with with the work in myself, I mean, I definitely think I've gone on my own little journey of self-discovery. Yeah, that's amazing. That's what it's all about. Even, you know, with every, no matter, I don't think no matter how old you are, you know, Wherever you are in life, I think there's always, you're always learning something. Oh, yeah, you, you definitely. Yourself. You, you so, never stop learning. Yeah, I mean, you figured out you hated. Yeah. You're yeah. at the marketing agency <laughs> job, so you found something new. You found your passion, which is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I was going to ask you, have you always been able to draw, is that, or illustrate? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I know it's a, it's a lame joke, but I think I was born with a pen in my hand. Wow. I I have no artistic ability. So. No, there's ability. I mean, maybe not a. I can trace. Yeah, I'm see, definitely a tracer. See? You can come ink some books for me. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if you want to trust me. <laughs> well, Ben, this has been an amazing interview. It was a lot of fun. Definitely I really enjoyed it. You and me both. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. I think a lot of people will enjoy this. Awesome. Thank you so much. No problem. (laughs)